Kick starts now. Welcome to the MCU show. I'm your host, Brandon Davis, joined today by Jenna Anderson. Hey, everybody. We're very happy to be here after some slight technical difficulties. As I tweeted, I think it's Kang's fault. So it's always Kang's fault. When is yeah. it not Kang's fault? Messing with the timelines. We got Jamie Jurak. Hello. Greetings from my closet. Trying to avoid wow. the construction noise this week. So enjoy the view. Wow. It's tremendous. Thank you so much <laughs> for being here. I'm, I'm going to be judging your wardrobe the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> we got Aaron Perrine. What's going on, everybody? Is something special happening today? What's what's happening? Is, was there an ant? Are, are we talking about ants? Like, what's going on? Just a little ant-sized treat. Just a little ant-sized treat for everybody. We're going to be talking about Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania. Aaron and I have seen it. Jamie is seeing it soon. Jenna, I believe, is seeing it soon, but unfortunately have not seen it yet. Uh, so you guys, you guys can ask us questions about this. So here's the, here's the breakdown of today's show. We got Ant-Man of the Wasp Quantumania reactions. We're going to talk about what we're saying, what Twitter's saying. We have some exclusive MCU updates about Fantastic Four, Wonder, Man, Werewolf by Night, some stuff of, like that. Uh, then we got some more MCU news at the end of the show. But first, we have a special guest. This is the crossover you all always knew you wanted. Please, big round of applause no matter where you are, unless you're in the car driving and listening to us. We appreciate the effort. Don't clap. Keep your hands on the wheel. Welcome from New Rockstars, the legend himself, on phase zero, Eric Voss. Hello, everyone. Kang has burned me out of time. And here, I'm here with you all now. And I'm so happy to be here on phase zero, conflict.com. You guys are the best in the business when it comes to Marvel news and all movie news. I love following you guys. Oh, thank you. Stop it. Stop it. Continue. Uh, Everybody, I I think everybody in our audience knows Eric Voss just as much as if we had Kevin Feige on the show. It's like everybody knows you because of your work, because of how great your videos are over there at New Rockstars. When we work on stuff here at Phase Zero, we're like, hold on, hold on. Can we do this as well as New Rockstars is? Is it worth even trying? Hold on a second. Uh, thank you for coming, dude. I actually want to hear about what it's like working at New Rockstars because you guys, the stuff you guys do is incredible because you guys, uh, Eric, your mind comes up with some of the the deepest cut connections between things <laughs> that I watch your videos and I'm just like, why do I even bother? This dude's incredible. So. I, when you when a trailer drops, when a movie drops, what is like? What's the first step? How do you get ready to release, you know, a breakdown a, a type video on new rock stars? And when do you feel like, okay, th- this is good enough? We've we've got enough here. Uh, well, we uh, are in 2023. New rock stars is trying to just say yes to more opportunities. In addition to Marvel and Star Wars, we want to expand to covering things like animation and horror and just a bunch of new genres and formats. But really, what we do, the, the process begins long before the trailer drops. And I know you do this too. You're, you're trying to figure out when that trailer is going to drop so that we don't have to like interrupt a middle of a, a football game and like leave a cool party with cool friends that we could make so to go work. I feel like I'm going to be doing that on Sunday. But uh, yeah, so I, we try to learn everything we can about uh, a movie and try to already put those connections together based off of who we think might show up. Um, but the way I look at it is if there are three new pieces of information that I did not know before in a news story or in a trailer, I think that's worth a, a video exploration on it. Uh, yeah. Because I think from that, those are like my three act tent pulls that I can kind of like, I, I can at least hang a video on that. 
uh it's you know sometimes it feels like i'm reaching but uh i think it's it's worth it to explore something from a video perspective if there's like i think that's enough new information but it's i'm just so happy to work it we have a great team at new rock stars and uh it's it's a very exciting time here yeah, I mean, I think uh, what you guys, I've noticed you guys are doing Last of Us stuff now too. I mean, you talk about branching out and Last of Us is huge too. So it's cool to see that. But I think a lot of uh, the fandom enjoys what you guys do because I think part of what we do is fueled by the fandom. Like, yeah, yes, we love watching these movies. We love watching these shows, but we love the discourse. Like we love going online and hearing other people talk about it, steering our minds in new directions and talking with people in the comment section. I think you guys are just are, are the top of the game at it. How long have you been at New Rockstars now? Uh, I started, well, I started just kind of writing video scripts in 2015. I started full-time at the end of 2016. So I guess uh, about six and a half years or so. And it's brought you out. Like you've gotten to go to D, like Celebration, right? And D23, like what, what kind of events do they, are these studios bringing you guys out to now? Only just now. I went to my first Star Wars celebration last year, my first D23 last year, and it blew my mind. I realized this is a whole other section of the fandom that I had been missing. Uh, I think in the earlier years, we just, you know, maybe we weren't really known enough or we just weren't talking to the right peoples. But uh, so we didn't go to any kind of premieres or anything. And then, you know, of course, the pandemic hit, everything shut down. So we weren't leaving our homes at that point. But I think that's when like things started to really get exciting. Of course, a little thing called WandaVision happened. Uh, uh, a very big thing called Mephisto happened to me. <laughs> and that's kind of like what we're known for now. Although I think all of us were talking about Mephisto. I cannot claim credit or ownership for Mephisto theories, but that's just, uh, everyone says his name in the same sentence with my name, it feels like. Eric, <laughs> our, our audience is going to love this because I will bring up D23 any chance I get. But I was trying to place, I'm like, Eric, why do I know Eric? And it's because you were standing in front of me in a press line in D23 and I, a guy came up, up to you and was like, I love your videos. Can I take a picture? And I was like, Who's this guy? he seems cool. And it just all clicked. And so now I get to bring up that I saw you at D23 from kind of a weird, creepy distance uh, because I don't know if you guys know, but I was there. I was there. Hey, hey. Comment section. Did you guys know Jamie went to D23? <laughs> Jamie, have you mentioned that before? Why don't you tell people that? Brand new information. <laughs> Brand new information. First time hearing it. Breaking news. Eric, how often does that kind of stuff happen to you? Because I recognize that the, the numbers you guys put up on new rock stars on the YouTube channel are insane. You guys, you guys kill it. How often do people come up and recognize you from the work? And what are they, when they do catch you out on the streets, are they, are they yelling Mephisto at you? <laughs> uh, they never yell it. They kind of creepily come up behind me and whisper it in my ear, <laughs> which is which is uh, scary. I, I when I saw Shang Chi last year, as we were leaving uh, the AMC in Burbank, some guy came up behind. You know, you're crowding to get out of the theater. He's like, "I didn't see Mephisto in there, did you?" And I was like, is "Mephisto, is that you?" <laughs> <laughs> um, but um, no, I, I, it doesn't happen all the time. I think generally if I'm going to a movie, that's where movie fans are. So I'm more likely to run into followers there. I think when mm -hmm. I went to Disneyland, when I was at D23 specifically taking pictures of the cool Moon Knight costumes, I look over and I'm like, oh, of course there'd be Marvel fans here. Hey, everybody. Um, but yeah, generally when I walk around, because I live in San Francisco and, you know, you just have a lot of like, uh cool tech people who don't consume media and then like, i'll walk by, past them and they're just like 
who is this guy? Get out of our city. (laughs) So I don't think I ever get recognized there. (laughs) Ah, That's funny, man. Well, all right. So we're going to, we're going to start talking about Marvel now, before we get into the quantum mania reactions, I want to put you on the spot here of everything that's announced so far. We just did our phase five hype rankings. Those are anxiety inducing episodes for the four of us because we have to start at the bottom and work our way up. I'm just, I just want to hear your top three and I'm not even going to make you put them in order because I know how these comment sections can be, but what are three of the Marvel projects that are announced that you are most excited for if you could watch them right now you 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 dive in and press play wow announced okay so i think at the top of the list is loki season two but that's always been the case loki's been taste this is why eric's on the show taste (laughs) (laughs) it's well it's an easy show to love but i think specifically it just did so many things right and uh it just blew my mind with how much they were able to establish uh so loki season two i think is at the top of it for me i think daredevil born again Number two, I would say. Uh, I'm super pumped for that. And then, um, I mean, I, probably Secret Wars, right? I, we just know so little about that, but it's got to be great. Yeah, we all we all really hope so. We all hope Secret Wars delivers. So, man, that's a good, that's a fair list. That's a pretty fair list. Guardians of the Galaxy. Nobody on this show is putting enough respect on Guardians of the Galaxy. That's all I'm going to say. Uh, <laughs> but all right. So, all right, guys, this is part of the show. We're going to talk about Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania, spoiler-free reactions. I promise you, no spoilers are coming your way. If you ask us questions about spoilers in the comment section, we are not going to answer them. But we're going to give our spoiler-free takes. I have seen Quantumania. Aaron has seen Quantumania. And our special guest, Eric Voss, has seen Quantumania. You've heard from me on a uh, video on this channel already, so I'm not going to start this one off. Aaron has tweeted about it. Eric, you'll go second. We won't put you on the spot with all the pressure with the Quantumania reaction first. Aaron, you're at the top of the screen. Uh, What did you think about Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania? Okay. K K K K K K K K K K. That's basically what what my reaction was. Is that I have never been more excited. I didn't think I could be more excited about Jonathan Majors being the linchpin for all of this stuff. But he really is horrifying, kind of terrifying. Like it was funny. It felt like, in some ways, I guess that poor Paul Rudd like found himself. Like it was almost like he was like a cartoon character, and it's like, whoa, wait. Wait a second. When he's like, you're out of your league, Ant-Man. I was like, oh, man, some of us ain't going to make it. Like Simu Liu's tweet about, yo, the Avengers are screwed. Like I've never felt like, yes, he was completely right. He's completely right. Um, I really loved most of the performances from the main cast. I don't know where I would rank the first two Ant-Man movies in my like MCU like total phase rankings that are eventually going to come and then send me and Jamie Jarak into uh, absolute panic attack whenever we have to do them <laughs> on the show you can see her reaction down there in the corner like it's uh not not gonna be fun um but i really i, I thought it was interesting i like the swings i think uh much like brandon that we have like for those of you who have incessantly god bless you thank you for watching and tweeting and following on the show who have been saying this needs a direction you have a direction you have a direction congratulations mm-hmm. you all you all did it we all did it let's get cake um so i'm excited to see what other people think about it i like like paul rudd my fiance like was like yeah like it's it's fun it was it was interesting and we have a start you know i but majors is the biggest thing here i think like he's the biggest thing it's like oh yeah that's right like he's he's tremendous I, how could i have forgotten you know yeah I'll say I'll say this real quick. Uh, now this is a, just a I'm making this number up completely. 
if this movie was a seven out of ten, I'm completely making that up. But that's not my that's not my ranking. But if this movie's a seven out of ten, if you take Jonathan Majors as Kang out of it, it's a four out of ten. Wow. That's all he gives. He he adds that much to the movie. He elevates this film. That's just those numbers are made up, I promise. But that's all that's Jonathan Majors brings that much to the project. Eric, what do you think of Quantumania? Oh, what was that, Jamie? I have a quick question. My biggest complaint about uh, Ant-Man and the Wasp was that I didn't get my fill of Michelle Pfeiffer. Am I going to be happy? Woo! Oh, yeah. Oh, right. yeah. Right. yeah. Michelle okay. Pfeiffer. I, I, I was going to touch on that because Janet is integral to this story. And Michelle Pfeiffer is awesome. I still would have liked more of her. But she does. She is a very key player in this movie. And uh, she's awesome. She's awesome. This, Eric, this what do you is- think of Quantumania? Uh, look, Quantumania definitely delivers as the launch to Marvel Phase 5, and I 100% agree that Jonathan Majors delivers as as Kang. He is a delight to watch. He reminds me of just any time Heath Ledger enters the frame in Dark Knight, it completely changes the dynamic of the movie, and you can't help but just stare at that beautiful face and all the amazing acting choices he is making. You don't commonly see this in Marvel, even from great actors. You can see them sometimes pulling their punches, not really sure what the tone of the scene is that they're doing or the the the, the volume VFX around them. But he he plays it so intimately. Uh, and he's so pissed off in this movie. He's I've never seen this kind of rage, but just not just one note rage. There's like a full spectrum and a, and a dynamic uh, of rage. And he finds so many ways into every scene. Uh, I think Brandon, I agree with you. I think Majors does a lot of heavy lifting in this movie. And without him, I mean, I think it'll be fun to see the box office of this movie because I will look at it like I bet at the end of the day, Jonathan Majors is like the difference of a hundred million dollars of profit. I think that's going to be how important he is to the success of this movie, um, because I think people are going to come to it so excited to see where Marvel is going. And by the end of the movie, by the end of the post credit scenes, you'll definitely feel uh, fulfilled in that regard. There, there are a lot of other weird moments throughout the movie. I think it is going for like a Wizard of Oz, Alice in Wonderland type vibe. You know, I have this like take that every American movie is either trying to be the Wizard of Oz or Citizen Kane, either try to be a dream or a puzzle. And I think this one is trying definitely to be a dream. Uh, But sometimes the surreality of that dream uh, lost me a little bit. I was like, I don't know what I am looking at. I don't know if these characters know or have an emotional connection to where they are. Um, But by the end of it, I definitely really enjoyed the tone of where things are going forward. Yeah, that's that's my favorite thing about the film. Well, those are my two favorite things. The first is Kang. The second is that we now have a trajectory from the MCU when before this movie, it just felt like, well, there's a whole lot of MCU and it's going everywhere. Now it's like, okay, it's going here. And this is the first step. And it's a big step, which is nice. That said, I didn't really find myself emotionally connecting to a lot of Quantumania. There was one part where it got me. I think those of two of you who saw it might know what I'm talking about. There's one part where I was like, oh, this is nice. Okay, I feel something now. Wow, finally. But for the most part, like I appreciated the big swings. I appreciated the weirdness for what it was. I recognize that that's not the type of tone for a film that is like made for me for my peak enjoyment it really is very much like thor ragnarok meets rick and morty and just goes on like a crazy trip together uh and some people that description they will eat it up and there's parts of thor ragnarok and rick and morty which i think are really fun there's parts of those movies which are those titles that i think are a little excessive for my taste i like things a little bit more grounded i think uh and this one is certainly not a grounded film it is 
insane. It is crazy. There's a lot it's of so really weird. Enjoy. It's weird. It is the weirdest thing Marvel has ever done. And it's not close. It's just not close. Uh, and some people are going to absolutely love that, I think. And I ended up thinking it's just kind of middle of the road for me. Yeah. Jamie's like, oh, I'm, I'm listening. I'm listening. Uh, so far, it sounds like I'm going to love it. Yeah, me too. <laughs> I yeah. <hope> so. <laughs> I really do think people are going to love it. I think some people are. I think for me, this just ended up being kind of middle of the road. Uh, and it's I, like I'd put Panther 2 for, in terms of movies post Endgame. Panther 2, Shang-Chi, No Way Home are all definitely above it for me. I think everything else, all the other movies, maybe Black Widow, but the rest I think are pretty below it for me. Uh, it's kind of in the middle. Like there's things I liked. That it, it was uneven in quality for me. There's things I really liked. There's things I didn't. Um, that said... All the things in this, I do kind of want to see again. I don't need, I don't feel like I need to watch this movie over and over again, but there are parts of the film and characters and environments that I would like to see again. There's so much CGI. And when you're hot on the heels of Avatar The Way of Water, it's hard to be like, this looks amazing. But it really, compared to recent MCU projects, it was mostly pretty good, I think, with a couple exceptions. There were some things that when you see them, you're going to be like, what's happening here. Uh, but uh, yeah, it's, it's kind of middle of the road for me. I, I didn't, I certainly did not hate it. I, I, I definitely didn't love it. So I kind of walked out like, well, I like that. And I'm really happy to know where we're going. Yeah. Yeah. I After think uh, there, there's going to be people who uh, this isn't their cup of tea. And, and, and I'm with you. I actually don't mind a ton of VFX. I don't mind the stuff like shooting on the volume. I think it really works for the Mandalorian uh, and for a mm -hmm. number of other titles. And in the MCU, I kind of like MCU cosmic in many ways more than just visiting on Earth. I like going to other dimensions, other planets, other worlds. And I think it worked really well in Thor Ragnarok. I thought it worked really well in the Guardians of the Galaxy movies. But both or all three of those movies do something really well is they make those settings feel tangible. They use a good mix of practical sets and the characters have a reason to be there and they have a relationship with their worlds, not just like a plot reason to be there, but like the, it feels so lived in. It does what like the original Star Wars did with A New Hope and each of those places have scuff marks and, and dirt and grime and soot. And uh, in, in Quantumania, you can see there's a lot of great like concept art that went into it, but like the characters are just kind of walking through it or gliding through it. And it's never commented upon it. Like there's a lot of beautiful art and design into it, but I often felt, you know, myself missing that kind of like thematic connection to why these characters need to be in this particular place at this particular time. Yeah, I think that's a really good way to put it because I feel like one of the just the, the best way to describe why I didn't come away loving the movie is because I felt like I just didn't connect with things and I felt like things in the movie, like the story all connects, the story all makes sense. Like I, I don't have a problem with like the story. I'm not saying there's a whole bunch of plot holes by any means, but I think like, like you said, connecting to the environment, connecting to the characters. So there was a lot of setup that I was like, oh, this would be fun. Like early on, there's a plot line with Janet that I was like, oh, this could be fun to explore. And it just doesn't really get revisited. And I was like, okay, well, that didn't really pan out too much. But uh, it's funny. It's got charm. Not as much as the first Ant-Man movie, in my opinion. But it's got funny jokes that uh, throughout. It's a Marvel movie. You know those are coming. Overall, I'm in the middle. I'm, I'm like, okay, it's not at the top. It's not at the bottom. It's a, it's a movie. It sent us where we're going. I'm happy about that. What's Maybe up, Jake? Higher or lower than uh, Love and Thunder? Oh. I would say higher, higher. Um, How much of that, that is major though? Love and Thunder. <laughs> yeah, now that I've revisited Love and Thunder, this one has way more purpose as an individual film and as an MCU kind of, you know, story pl place setter, you know, table setter. Yeah. 
I think it's better than Love and Thunder, even without majors in it. And that's just my take. I don't know if every, your right. mileage will vary, will vary, but like, I think even without uh, majors, who is a big game changer, the, the Ant-Man family and Scott's story in it, what, what Brandon alluded to, there is a moment in it that like is really profound. And I think all they really, I, what, I, what I wanted more from it is just setting it up specifically a bit more for Scott Lang. Because it is so spread out, you do sometimes miss it. It kind of has that Empire Strikes Back feel where we cut around in two different storylines, two different characters who are spread out. Um, but I, I think overall, like I understood what Scott's journey was and I really did connect with it, especially as like a family man. I got married in the past year. I'm thinking about, I want a kid really bad. And so all, that whole idea of like losing time with your kid uh, like I'm now thinking I'm launching a new YouTube channel, the deep dive. I'm like, I got to make sure I have time with my kid. Cause I do not ever want to like be a dad who's absent. Uh, yeah. I, I do think that that's an interesting perspective that, uh, when you're at that stage of life, maybe you can connect to it even more. Uh, and that's, and congrats on getting married. Congrats on, uh, the new YouTube channel too, by the way. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. It's a big year. So I'm connecting to everything differently now. (laughs) I'm in a different stage (laughs) of my life. So before I read some of these tweets, I just wanted to see if, uh, Jenna and Jamie have anything else they wanted to ask here, if we have any interesting comments. I will say, I just feel very vindicated after our rankings episode and BD subsequently dunking on all of us for having quantum mania towards the middle. I feel very, very validated right now. I'm so excited to see this because I do feel like I'm going to love the weirdness of it. But just knowing that Jimmy and Aaron and I were probably on the right track is very validating right now. Wow. 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 I have to say, Man, that, uh, Quantum Mania is the best movie ever. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Until I Guardian. feel like I'm more excited now than I yeah. was a week ago. Uh, so we'll see. Um, but I, I'm I'm looking forward to Monday. I'll say I, I'm really interested to see what you two think and what f- fans who go see it on the 17th thing. I think the conversations. Our bonus episode for this one gonna is going to be wild. Well, we will have a bonus episode on the 17th that we'll be recording to talk spoilers on this one um, because there is there is so much to talk about in this movie. My goodness gracious. But we're saving all those spoilers for after the movie hits theaters. All right. I want to read a couple tweets from people who are not on the show and not at comicbook.com. Uh, Jermaine from io9. The best Star Wars movie since 2018 is Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania. That is not a super high bar. It's a hot, it's a huge sci-fi adventure with gorgeous world building that feels almost little unmarvel in how much world building there is, but it's got humor, heart, can completely rules, and Michelle Pfeiffer steals it. Jamie is smiling. Brian Davids from THR said there comes a point where every Marvel where every franchise has to get weird, and the MCU has done just that with Ant-Man of the Wasp Quantumania. Like like all other, like all his other roles, Jonathan Majors remains endlessly compelling. True. Nor Dominic from BuzzFeed. Jonathan Majors is a force in Ant-Man of the Lost Quantumania. He's compelling, chilling, and already giving a top-notch performance. I love the complexity he brings to Kang with literally every single look, with literally a single look. MCU really won with this casting. Eric Davis from Fandango says, Faith Five has begun. The new Ant-Man movie is like a psychedelic roller coaster full of frightening and hilarious oddities, plus one very menacing Kang. Big Star Wars vibes meet the MCU at its freakiest and most inventive. Modoc is a riot, but Jonathan Majors conquers. Loved the ride. Sounds like people like Jonathan Majors. What? <laughs> Victor Lucas, as promised, Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania is a big movie carrying a ton of franchise weight. Exciting threads created, endless visual effects, Ragnarok-ish, not as good, but that family dynamic is dependably wonderful. Loved Pfeiffer and Newton and Kang. Uh, and finally, Joseph Deckelmeyer. I love Joe. Good guy. Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania is such a fun way to kick off Phase 5. Each Ant-Man film has been better than the last. This is no exception. Can't wait to see more Kang and the ramifications of this film in the MCU. I have one more here. And Sean Kane. 
Keen. Uh, Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania, has way too much going on. It's tough to connect emotionally to any of it. Jonathan Majors, Kang is charismatic, intense, baddie, uh, and visually awesome, but the threat he represents is too abstract. That's from CNET. Uh, so, you know, it's pretty pretty universal. Kang is awesome. Majors is awesome. A lot going on in the rest of it. Some people love it. It seems a lot of people enjoyed it, and then some people didn't. Um, so I'm real curious to see what people think on this one on the 17th. Uh, and that's all I've got to say about Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania for now. If you guys want to talk more about it, drop a comment, send us your tweets. Make sure you're following Eric on Twitter and social media at EA Voss. He's launching a new YouTube channel, The Deep Dive with New Rockstars. That's with New Rockstars, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's part of the New Rockstars growing network. So it's our first second channel that we're trying out. Hell yeah, that's awesome. Congratulations. And uh, we'll talk more about that uh, later in the show if you if you want. I'd love to get you some plugs out there and get some, you know, if, if we can help in any way, I don't know if you need it, but we're happy to try. Uh, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back to Phase Zero, we have some exclusive MCU updates for you. So hit the thumbs up, subscribe to the channel. Don't miss the news that's coming. I promise. I, I, I promise. Probably worth your time. So see you in a minute. Welcome back to Phase Zero. BD here, Aaron, Jenna, Jamie, and our special guest, Eric Voss, still hanging out. We have some exclusive MCU news to share with you all, and we're just going to jump right into it. Aaron, you want to kick us off? Sure can. Uh, Werewolf by Night characters have a future in the MCU, according to producer Stephen Broussard, thanks to Brandon Davis talking to him yesterday. Uh, well, I will say that we're starting to introduce some cool characters that are in the darker side, the more the monster side, and the supernatural, and the occult in a very organic way as you're seeing these other characters pop up. I think in very organic ways, it feels like there could be ways to continue those stories in ways that feel very fresh and new and keeping our toe in that horror side of things. So the monster mash is, is not ending. For all of you who love Werewolf by Night, and uh, it sounds like it might even be related to Agatha in some ways. You guys excited to see more monster features in the MCU? Midnight Suns. Yes. And singing Agatha, hanging out. <laughs> Adam Barnhart. M-E-D-H-I-S-T-O. Is so happy right now. Yes, that's the key. Yeah. Does anybody have anything specific they want to see, whether it's Jack or or Elsa, any any place they actually like? They know, Jenna. I know you have thoughts on this that you want to see I, them go. I I would love for Man Thing to get his own something or other, even if it's just his own special presentation, because I feel like his own canon and like his ties to the nexus of all realities is one of the weirdest things possible, and it could be really useful considering all of the multiverse stuff we're going into. I also just need to see Elsa again. Like, I hate that we don't really know where she's going to show up next because I absolutely loved what they did with her. So anywhere really for her. Eric, what do you think of all the horror stuff in the MCU? You think there's a future for that? Absolutely. I mean, we have uh, Agatha Coven of Chaos coming sometime. We don't know, but I, that that would probably be my number four, number five, what I'm most excited for. And I, I think that whole beginning, the origin, the narration with the the legends, the lore, the, the Latin textbook of all the different monsters in MCU past, the history of the Bloodstone. I want to see a series of the history of the Bloodstone, maybe just call it Bloodstone. Uh, like Ooh. Elsa's father, like maybe it could be like a dual timeline thing where we see Elsa as like a, a slayer in the present with like the history of the Bloodstone family and all the monsters they that are have been in the history of the MCU. I mean, I would I, I'm down for it. I'm so here for it. Like a yeah. horror Godfather part two. Ooh. <laughs> yeah. Yes. <laughs> I, I, awesome. I, 
I feel like the, 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 they're starting to recognize, I hope they're starting to recognize that those of us who were, you know, much younger when Iron Man came out, the kids, I was, I think, 16 years old when Iron Man came out. It's been 15 years. Marvel has, you know, a younger audience, of course. It's always going to cater to a young audience. They have to bring families and kids. But a lot of the audience has grown up and we will accept and enjoy more mature content. So I'm, I'm here for the horror stuff. I'm here for these the Bloodstone saga. Um, all right, we got, we got well, another update here from Stephen Broussard. Yeah, so uh, he also spoke about the Wonder Man show, basically confirmed that it is happening because we haven't heard Marvel themselves really confirm it. He said Wonder Man will be definitely influenced by the comic. One of the things that we're excited about is that it's going to feel very unique. It's not going to feel like anything you've quite seen in the MCU before. And the kind of stories we can tell in Disney Plus, which has been fun, like streaming serialized storytelling is a totally different muscle. So we're having a blast making that one. I'm so excited for the show. I can't wait to see how they ultimately do it. I think like, I know they confirmed out of the gate, this is a Hollywood satire. So I'm very curious to see how that actually works in the MCU. But what do you guys think about this news and this confirmation that it even exists? I I also, I, I, I read something somewhere that like a description of this show that's, that's, that's out there somewhere. And it does sound super fun. It does sound like a love letter to Hollywood. And I think it's going to be really interesting. I don't want to like talk too, too much about what I read and piss anybody off, but uh, it did, it did seem like this show is going to be a ton of fun based on what I saw. And the Yaya, Yaya is playing Wonder Man. That I, I brought that up to Steven Broussard and he didn't correct me. So I'm assuming that's confirmation <laughs> in itself. Uh, so, but, but then what, what, what I saw about this one looks like it's going to be a ton of fun, a really cool letter to like the weird wild ways of, of Hollywood. Uh, and I'm curious how deep they'll dive into that. Hopefully it's entertaining. Yeah. I mean, I, I love Hollywood history. I, I mean, I lived there for like 12 years, so I know all the different locations. And I'm just like fascinated by the history of it. Who Framed Roger Rabbit's one of my favorite films just because it talks about like the real estate wars of the 40s in Hollywood. Uh, and if they can do Barry, HBO's Barry in the MCU, I think that's the perfect way to go. Hollywood satire, but with a lot of action and a lot of like grim, dark, psychological character exploration. I think you and Jamie would be best friends. Yeah. <laughs> Jamie, let's hang out. Yeah. I live, I'm here in LA, so just hit me up. <laughs> I, I think, I mean, Kingo has to show up in this, right? At oh, some absolutely. point. Yeah. Yeah. So 100%. we'll see. Aaron, anything about Wonder Man you want to add here before we move on? We'll give you, give you an opportunity. I hope he needs a lawyer. If it's set in Los <laughs> yes. Angeles, I hope he yes. needs a lawyer. Uh, like, yes. yeah, that'd be cool. Like, what's yeah. up with Jen? Heck, have have Charlie come back again too. Like, have them actually face off against each other again. That'd be fun. So, yeah, looking forward to it. Psych for Yaya. All right. Well, one last thing on the exclusive front here. Chris Killian, host of ComicBook.com's Daily Distraction, talked to Matt Shackman. I don't know if you guys know who Matt Shackman is. Directed this little series called WandaVision. He's got. Does he have any work coming up with Marvel? You know what I mean? <laughs> that what is that? The the fabulous the. F- Frantabulous, the Fantastic Four. That's right. Matt Shackman, director of Fantastic Four, talked to Chris Killian, and we just have the exclusive clip. Check this out. Excited about Fantastic Four. I know you can't talk a lot about it, but are you also as sick as me as the Fantastic Four casting rumors? There are a lot out there, man. Yeah, it's there really so are. It's pretty amazing. I, I know. Look, I, I, as I learned from WandaVision too, it is so lovely to see 
the level of engagement that fans have with this material because i'm a fan too and i have been reading fantastic four since i was a kid i love these characters um i love the chance that we have to bring them to the mcu and i really want to get it right and i know that everybody out there is really excited and feels passionate in the same way wanting to get it right um and so i encourage it i think it's great um but yeah i have no real answers for, for anyone today about outcasting please can you confirm that galactus is not going to be a cloud in the mcu <laughs> I, I can neither confirm nor deny anything i know you did consult for multiverse of madness you know after following wandavision so i was just curious you know now that that movie's been out for a minute like what was your take on on how that movie treated wanda as a character versus how she was treated in wandavision what was your take on that yeah i did i talked a lot to michael waldron who's the writer i talked to sam raimi the director we also shared a lot in terms of art department, you know, because we were, you know, creating dark old and creating things that was going to her costume that would continue on. Um, so there was a lot of synergy and conversation about it. Um, and I'm aware certainly of the conversation um, on the internet about, you know, Wanda and her character. And um, I'm so proud of everything that we did on WandaVision. Um, the, that show is is really special working with lizzie and telling that story is so unique and fun and you know as when you're in this universe you have to pass the baton that's that's part of the the joy of being in the mcu is you you run as hard and fast as you can when it's your section of the race and then you pass that baton and it's on to others to to tell that story and i think that you know their story made um you know certain decisions that they needed to to make to to make that story work and and I thought it was a super entertaining movie. That's a nice way to put it for Matt Shackman. I dig it. I yeah. dig it. Jamie, what do you think about his thoughts on Wanda? Honestly, I was so distracted. Did he have the radio from episode two of WandaVision in his back? I saw he had two Funkos. It looks like it, I, yeah. I think he has the radio. Um, otherwise, yeah, great answer. <laughs> um, looking good. You guys know I'm I'm all about... Yeah, right. you see right above his head? Um, I'm is. all about... Uh, multiverse of madness uh so uh yeah uh, i think it was a very diplomatic answer that he gave it definitely was a very diplomatic answer i wish there was a little bit more wandavision uh respect in multiverse of madness but that's just me that's just me um all right all right hold on we're gonna we're, we are running we are running so behind we're just gonna jump to uh if does anybody else want to weigh in on what matt shackman said about fantastic four or wandavision i want to open that up real quick before we i'm take very one more validated break. that he's also sick of the fan casting like that is very <laughs> validating to hear because as we have said on this show multiple times like the day that we finally get that casting will truly be the end of an era because this has just gone on for so long yeah we're all tired we're all so tired <laughs> uh, fa- remember when fantastic four fan casting was fun yeah <laughs> that was like before infinity war came out i mean i think it died when john krasinski showed up in multiverse of madness it's like oh the the, the principal's making the what are those jokes now oh no <laughs> I, I, yeah. I loved it though i loved it i loved that they slaughtered all of them i thought that was so cool <laughs> That was awesome. And none of that has anything to do with the aerospace engineer threes that turned out to be. <laughs> Who was it? It wasn't me. So I, it couldn't have been me. I, was, I didn't think the aerospace engineer was important. Definitely never was me. <laughs> oh, my God. We're moving on. All right, guys. We're going to take one more break. When we come back, we do have some more Fantastic Four news to talk about. Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 and Daredevil Born Again, one of Eric's top films of the uh, on the anticipation list for uh 2024 2025 2026 that's a show actually not a movie but anyway we'll see you in 60 seconds
hold music is so good. Just got me dancing in my chair. If you're watching us on YouTube, you know how good the hold music is. The the, the minute there, long break there. Uh, make sure you subscribe so you can hear it next week and hit a thumbs up. All right, we got a few more topics here to talk about. Also, on the, I want to plug something. On the Phase Zero channel, we have an exclusive interview with Peyton Reed coming up. Uh, we talked all about Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania, spoiler-free. And then, uh, a week after Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania comes out, there is a whole lot more with Peyton Reed where we talk spoilers. So I got Peyton to kind of explain the ending, talk about the credit scenes, talk about stuff like that. So uh, I'm very excited to share that, but I'm not allowed to share it until a good amount of time until after Quantumania comes out. So, uh, but just stay tuned for that. So we got a little bit more news to talk about and uh, let's do it. So we got Matt Shackman explaining why he left Star Trek for Fantastic Four. He shed some light on what to expect from the MC reboot. And the uh, description has a lot of people excited. So Chris Killian asked him, like, one thing people are clinging to is, like, optimum, uh, optimism and looking to the stars. What do you see as the key things of a Fantastic Four movie, right? So movies have different journeys and momentums and schedules are a little bit mercurial. So when the Fantastic Four opportunity came up, it was just too hard to pass up. Uh, to go back home and work at Marvel, a place that I worked on WandaVision at, with those people who are wonderful collaborators, it really is a family there. And to be able to go back and tackle something that I truly love, and they're similar in some ways. Like, they were both launched in the 60s and the same around the same time. They're both about optimism and looking to the stars. The technology can solve everything. And they're about family, too. The family you have, the family you make. So they're aligned in many ways and speak to my heart and equally, so I'm excited to be working on Fantastic Four, which means, oh boy, two big optimism-driven movies in 2024 between this and Superman Legacy. Hooray. The sun will shine on us again. How do you guys feel about it? Hooray. (laughs) (laughs) In Matt, we trust, so... I'm ready. I these quotes push my agenda of setting at least part of this movie in the 60s, which I will still hold on to until we are proven wrong. So I'm I'm happy with what he said. I don't want it. Present day, please. Yeah. Present day, yeah. please. Ah. <laughs> That's a whole separate debate. Woo, <laughs> I'm with Janet. Eric, what do you want in a in Fantastic Four? What are you hoping Mad Shackman delivers? I'm in complete agreement with all of you. My favorite episodes of WandaVision were episode two and episode three. And I know a lot of viewers felt that they didn't really know what the direction was, but I just loved living in that moment. And I think Matt Shackman is a a lover of sitcom history and probably, I mean, he was in Growing Pains, right? And I grew up watching Nick at Night and watching old sitcoms uh, that were my older siblings eras of sitcoms. So I I would love to go back to the 60s and just show like what superheroes existed back uh, back then, uh, show like a, a younger Hank Pym, who might have been a collaborator with them, and just kind of tell that story of, a, of Marvel's first family. I, I, I'm excited for that. Yeah, I mean, I'm definitely team present day, which seems to not have me in agreement with you all on that front, because I just want the story to move forward and not kind of feel like it's stuffing in history that we didn't hear about while hearing all these other stories and how there's new superheroes and how that's such a shock to the world. Like if the Fantastic Four existed in the 60s, why was the I Am Iron Man line such a big reveal? Uh, but that's I'm not like I'm not going to lose my mind over that. But I, that's just my preference. I like when they move forward and don't go spend so much time in the past. Uh, but I think the most important thing is that optimism and looking to the stars and the family bits. I think that the dynamic between the Fantastic Four, their relationships, you know, each person's relationship with the other three members of the Fantastic Four and Victor Von Doom uh, is going to be really key to making this a good movie. And as Chris pointed out, Galactus not being a cloud. So <laughs> yeah, I don't think we can make that mistake again. 
but yeah, uh, uh, Fantastic Four. I think that in this interview with the rap, they said it's going to start filming early 2024. Uh, so that means the casting rumors have almost a whole other a whole year to continue. So uh, buckle up, everybody. Jenna, my my fellow Guardians enthusiast. Yes. So, speaking of buckling up, uh, Marvel released a new synopsis for Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. In Marvel Studios' Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, our beloved band of misfits are settling into life on nowhere, but it isn't long before their lives are upended by the echoes of Rocket's turbulent past. Peter Quill, still reeling from the loss of Gamora, must rally his team around him on a dangerous mission to save Rocket, a Rocket's life, a mission that, if not completed successfully, could quite possibly lead to... <laughs> guardians as we know them as you can see by bd's reaction i i equally am very emotionally compromised by the synopsis i i'm gonna cry i know i'm gonna cry watching this movie and this synopsis basically confirms it what, what do you guys think i thought there was a bee in the studio <laughs> i need this movie yesterday do you hear me please <laughs> let me see it hurt me I want to watch this film. <laughs> Please, someone clip hurt me. Please. For Guardians 3. I don't know how they're, how Aaron and Jamie have this anywhere other than number one on their list. <laughs> this, I'm this, excited this, about this, it. This, I just, I'm excited too. Yeah, I'm, I, I'm just I worried. I don't want to see one. it. Yeah, fair. Yeah. I, yeah. I'm with you there. But I, I think the I'm, I just don't want it to end. And this is going to be the end of James Gunn's era of the MCU. I'm excited for him in DC. I think he's going to be great there. It's just going to be like, I'm going to be saying goodbye to a lot of characters. So I'm dreading it. I know. I know. But I can't wait. I just can't wait. I, the, these are my favorite characters in the MCU right now. I think that Star-Lord, Gamora, Drax, Rocket, Groot, Nebula, Kraglin, they, of everybody who is in the MCU, these are by far my favorite remaining characters. And uh, I can't, I know I'm going to lose some of them. I might lose all of them. I, James Gunn does not, he made me care about Polka Dot Man and then stepped on him, bro. Like Guardians Volume 3 is going to raise the bar, I think. I don't know. This could end up being the best MCU trilogy. I think there's a strong possibility of that. Guardians 1 is a masterpiece. Guardians 2, I, in my opinion, very good movie. I know people love to hate on Guardians 2. I think y'all are crazy for that. I think Guardians 2 is great. Uh, in Guardians 3, if it is as good as Guardians 2 or better, in my opinion, it's going to be the best MCU trilogy. And it, yeah. might be, it might be better than the first one. If, if this is better than the first one, I'm getting a Guardians of the Galaxy tattoo on my forehead. Yeah. Um, <laughs> wow. I, I took it seriously, but then he said forehead, and now I... I, I, could, I could, well, maybe I'll get a Guardians tattoo, just not on my face. Just not yeah, on my no, face. No, that's good call. Even I don't condone that. No. <laughs> oh, my God. I can't, I can't wait to see Guardians 3. All right, well, I'm going to calm down here. We'll get to our last piece of news. <laughs> last piece of news, everyone. Let's do this. It is a Daredevil Born Again update from Vincent D'Onofrio himself on Twitter. He says it's going to be very, very cool. Very different than the Netflix show, which was, as we know, was amazing. Yet, this is brand new and really smart. We are going to surprise everyone with it. And yes, it's going to be really cool. So, so that's a lot of cools, a lot of very cools. Uh, and there's also a new rumor that the Tracksuit Mafia, uh, friends of the show, of course, our pals Tracksuit Ma Mafia might return, um, uh, which makes sense, I think. Um, what do you guys think of uh, what he said? I feel like he's just like, yeah, it's cool. I can't talk about it. It's going to be good. Uh, you know, there's no, we don't get, we don't have much there. But I like the idea of the Tracksuit 
folks coming back. What do you guys think? Yeah, I mean this in the nicest possible way. He sounds like a like middle schooler explaining like a movie that they just saw. Like it's so cool. It's so amazing. Like I love his enthusiasm. It is just it palpable. So I'm excited. Writing a paper has to hit a word count. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> going to be very cool. And yes, it's going to be very cool. <laughs> John, yeah. John Mulaney and the Sack Lunch Bunch where he's having the <laughs> the thing with the little kids where yes. they're like, how many times do you go to the bathroom? Five. Yeah. It's my favorite thing. It's my lunchbox. It's my identity. Yeah, yeah. that's what it's got going on. I, I'm, re- I'm, I'm reading between the lines and I'm going to be the skeptic detective here on the D'Onofrio tweet uh, just for the sake of conversation. It, it, talking about how it's going to be very different than the Netflix show, I want, I really, one thing I just want is a firm, concrete clarification on whether or not the Netflix stuff is canon. I don't know if we're ever going to get it. I just want to know if all the things that happened on Netflix have happened to the Daredevil we met in She-Hulk and Spider-Man No Way Home and we'll see in Daredevil Born Again or not. I just want to know for sure. Okay, that's I all. I don't understand why they can't just tell us that. Like, what? why does it matter? Just tell us. We want to know. And like, I- I'm fine with either answer. Just let us know. I, th- I totally agree. It's frustrating. What either answer Kang? is better than no answer. What if it was right. Kang and that's what the big thing is? Maybe that's why they're <laughs> turtling it this entire time, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I mean, that's one possible answer. It's all the multiverse. I, I just think they don't need to. They can just, say, no one's going to be upset if you just say it was all canon. It happened. We're just not going to reference it a lot on this show. We're in a new era of the characters, but like what happened in their history? Yeah, go rewatch those three seasons because they're awesome. Uh, and then you can enjoy them and they can be canon to your heart and important to you. And that's valid. That's legit. That's great. And we can just move on from it. But you're right. I wish they would answer it. Yeah, I agree. Like, it's not like they could just say, like, you don't have to watch the first three seasons of Daredevil to understand Born Again, but it is all cat into this character. And this is just a continuation of his story. I don't know. I think maybe they are afraid to make more required viewing as phase four was 50 hours long. And I think to some audiences, it gets a little discouraging to feel like you have to catch up uh, and keep up. But then I don't I really don't know. I'm trying to rationalize why they won't just answer the question. I know that if they say no, they're probably afraid of pissing off the fans who love the Netflix show. But I just I I really do believe either answer is better than no answer. So Here. hopefully we'll get that. As for the tracksuit mafia, hell yeah, make them show up. I think that I would love a populated New York with heroes and villains that we get to see over and over again, popping in and out of you know different movies and shows. I think that that's what happens in comics. Well, I, I think it, we're getting there with these these titles. So I think the tracksuit mafia showing up makes sense, bro. <laughs> All right. Here. Well. What what would you rather have them do? Would you rather have them explain if it's canon or not? Or would you rather have them give us who owns freaking Avengers Tower in <laughs> Born Again? Oh, in Born Again? Uh, I think the more important answer is whether or not it's canon. I think we care more about Avengers Tower. <laughs> I think it's Mr. It's Mr. Gryphon or it's QENG Kang. Like we just haven't panned the camera up or tilted it up. Not pan, pan is this, tilt is this. They, have, they need to tilt the camera up and it's just be QENG at the top. It's gonna answer all of our questions. I'm sure they will re-edit a, a, another episode of Miss Marvel to add it to the skyline. <laughs> yeah. <Reveal it>. Boy. <laughs> I just wanna know. I don't, listen, I don't have to Show me Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 right now. Tell me if Daredevil's canon and who bought Avengers Tower, all right? Those are the burning questions here at Phase Zero. And uh, Feige, I know you watch the show. I know you're. I know that's you in the comment section. Not a burn. No, I don't think Feige's watching. <laughs> you are, man. Congratulations on the success. We love you for it. Come talk on sometime. We'd love to have you. Uh, that's our show today, everybody. Eric, where can we find you on social media? Tell us about the new channel. What we can expect. 
Yeah, you can find me at EA of Oz on all social media, but we're launching on February 17th, Quantumania Day, The Deep Dive. It's New Rockstar's new sister channel that we're launching, and we're just going to be going week by week, looking at specific titles and doing very long, very thorough analyses of them that create like a new visual to understand like the deeper root myth of the movie that's near and dear to the filmmaker's heart and near and dear to my heart. So on launch day, we're going to be doing a live stream, a spoiler live stream about Quantumania where I do a live breakdown and you get to see like my insane process behind the scenes. Uh, we'll be looking at Loki season one again, WandaVision. We're doing a re-exploration of WandaVision. And then our first video is going to be everything everywhere all at once, a deep dive into the deeper themes of that movie. I think you're all Ooh. really going to love it. That's awesome, dude. I can't wait to see that. That's awesome, man. Everybody, make sure you go check that out. If you're not subscribed to New Rockstars, I don't believe you. I think you already are because they're they're such a great channel. And uh, I, I know everybody who watches Phase Zero and listens to Phase Zero. If you're not already on that channel and hooked on Eric's content, I hope this puts you on it and uh, we'll take credit for, for the discovery there because uh, you're going to enjoy it, everybody. Uh, Eric, thank you for coming on today's show, man. This was awesome. This was a lot of fun. And again, props to phase zero to conflict.com. I, I truly believe you guys are the source for like all the best news. You guys are always asking the best questions. Chris's interview of Matt Shackman was incredible. Just he, he knew how to ask like just the right questions to get the good answers. I'm so impressed with all of you for doing that. Uh, thanks, man. I hope to see you at one of these events soon. Uh, maybe, maybe Guardians 3. We'll all get together. We'll all get together. I'd love uh, that. Yeah. Aaron, any last words for today's show? It's at some of the corner on Twitter. Um, I would like to say, go watch me talk to Dominique Thorne about Ironheart and watch her try not to spoil anything about that show. She was just, you could see the gears. I, I love, she's so precious. Like it was very good. She's doing good work with Children's Hospital of Atlanta. And I would like to highlight Jessica Clemens's breakdown of Black Panther Wakanda Forever. I love the video about the musical cue with the ritual for Shuri at the end of the movie. My mother was blown away. Because she actually comes across y'all videos sometimes. Eric is like, oh, do you watch this, Aaron? Blah, blah, blah. So go watch that. Go check that out. Definitely watch that. She's so good. <laughs> Jenna, any last words for today's episode? It's at Hey, It's Jenna Lynn on all social medias. And as always, oh, go read some comics. There are some good comics to read this week as most weeks. So go, go read some comics. Love it. Jamie? Yeah, follow me on Letterboxd at Jamie Cinematics because right now I am prepping for another Jonathan Majors movie, Creed 3, by going through all the Rockies. So if you're interested in how I feel about Sly and uh, him beating up on people, follow me on Letterboxd. <laughs> Go follow Jamie on Letterboxd, everybody. Uh, if you want to talk more, hit us up in the comments section. Hit me up at Brandon Davis BD. If you subscribe to the Phase Zero YouTube channel, you're going to get that Peyton Reed interview, I think, later today, possibly tomorrow morning. It all depends on when we get the footage. Uh, so some really cool spoiler-free stuff coming there. We will have a bonus episode about Quantumania on the Phase Zero YouTube channel and podcast platforms on February 17th. So go explore the deep dive and uh, spend your, your day with us as well. Uh, you're going to have plenty of content on the, on the 17th and the MCU Phase 5 is kicking off. Uh, and go over to comicbook.com slash Marvel because there's some more stuff about Ant-Man, like maybe Ant-Man 4 updates, if that's happening or not, uh, all over on the, on the site right now. You can go find it. So thank you so much. Leave a five-star review, subscribe to the channel, and endless thanks to Eric Voss for joining us and having a good time with us on Phase Zero today. See you all next week.